we talking about? What are we talking about? Oh, it's going to be some spooky ghost stories. I love those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we, uh, did you, did you intentionally pick the, pick the location because of 4th of July, Heather? I did. That was the first thing that is came it to Washington, mind. Is it Washington, D.C.? How'd you guess? Because we know so much about it. I actually <laughs> don't know. I didn't know actually all that much about it. I barely remember parts of that trip. Oh, that was a good ass trip. That was a good trip. Yeah. I, I, I remember love going to D.C., loving it, but like, I don't, yeah, I guess I didn't retain much of what I learned there. Yeah. I didn't either. I just remember wearing a bonnet at Colonial Williamsburg and being very happy. Uh, I remember Colonial Williamsburg. Yeah, I do too. I remember it was the first... Heather had this cassette tape that was fucking... It was was like Nirvana and Offspring and all these different bands on there. And it was the first time I was starting to like come to and listen to music. And I... Like anytime I hear Nirvana or Offspring, I think about being in that conversion van. <laughs> Mixtape heaven. Mixtape exactly. Heaven. Well, and that one, that one song, uh, "Self Esteem." I like. Oh yeah. I love thinking about how I interpreted that as an eight-year-old, nine-year-old kid, because I'm like, you know, if she just wants to visit you. Just let her visit you. <laughs> <laughs> she just wants to hang out. Your fucking problem, dude. Yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> and then you realize he's yeah, he just got low self esteem. She just she just wears her bed at. She sleeps with your friends. Maybe she should go home. <laughs> Maybe you should stop hanging out with her. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we've all been there, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess we could get started. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yes. Well, welcome to Under the Pendulum. I'm Chris, here with my two favorite sisters, my only sisters. Hi. <laughs> We're here with Heather. Hello. And Caitlin in Los Angeles. Woo, hello. <laughs> so today we're returning to the realm of spirits, apparitions, and lore. My Ooh. favorite place that I'm mm-hmm. at in my head all the time, and I have to pretend <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> We will be discussing some of the hauntings and legends from Washington, D.C. in lieu of 4th of July, of course. Fuck yes! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this was... um, We kind of threw this one together a little last minute, but um, there were some good... There's some good stories. It it was a little hard to find some some nice, super juicy ones, but... Oh, yeah. 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 Perhaps as juicy as JFK's brains... I know that's not DC. Or perhaps as juicy as Abraham Lincoln's brains. There you go. Ah, There you go. That's the. I remember they had his goddamn pillowcase where he bled out to death on display. They have they have the chair that he was shot in on display. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) Gross. Juicy. Too soon. No, I don't. No, think so. I, I, yeah, it's past the, it's past that point. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, though many ghosts of a kind have always been haunting America, from slavery and Native American genocide to internal hey. political divisions and turmoil. Hey, 
<laughs> uh, we thought we'd look at some actual ghost stories from our country's capital. Some actual Yay! ghost stories. Well, actually, I just want to say my trip this this Fourth of July to a campsite was um, specifically to a haunted Native American campsite, and I don't know if this guy made the story up to sell these teepee spots, but he claimed that the whole village died from uh, a bad meal brought by some settlers that were baked beans and some meat and they killed oh. them all all except for one child and you wh- apparently can hear their screams at night what did they oh. supposedly die of though poisoning oh they poisoned the food oh okay well or a disease or something yeah i gotta send you guys the description because it was it was pretty badly written as well <laughs> you can hear them screaming and farting <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so I guess I should just give like a little back history of Washington. This will be pretty cursory because we don't need to get too in the weeds with it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Washington D.C. was founded in 1790, and the location for the capital was chosen through a compromise. Mm-hmm. And the compromise was, as it would be for generations to come, between northern states' interests and southern states' interests. Hmm. But much like American political history, it has always been fraught with divisions of all stripes. Beliefs and issues concerning political affiliations, race, the question of national identity, and the political machinations and the pursuit of power have always been woven into the capital's tapestry. The city had a rough start as it was almost completely destroyed in the War of 1812 by the British. Much of the city was burned to the ground, including the White House. I remember that. I didn't remember that. So after being rebuilt, Washington grew over the centuries to incorporate areas around it, and the city grew into a place where locals and seats of political influence and power meshed together into one of the most interesting cities in America. Washington, D.C. is a city of war, civil unrest, slave markets, political rivalries that turn deadly, strange specters, and murders of all kinds. So with that, let's take a journey into haunted D.C., Dude, it's really lame. I have a song from Lame as a Rob stuck in my head, and that has nothing to do with America or Washington, D.C. It's like, do um, you hear hear the people say? Singing the songs of angry It's the wrong country, Weber. (laughs) Well, actually, so so, um, Washington, D.C., George Washington actually, like, picked the location when he was president, and he chose a Frenchman uh, to design the city, and he designed it... um, kind of uh, off of Paris in sort of a weird grid. Pierre um, oh. Charles L'Enfant. 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 Butchering languages on, so under fun. the pendulum. You know, maybe yes. that's like our, that's our thing, right? It's kind of become our thing. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is the language butcher shop. <laughs> How would you like your French? Would you like a pate? Would you like a sausage? Do you want the fat on or off? Charcuterie? (laughs) (laughs) Sharby Carberry? Sharby Carberry? Sharby So I guess I'll let you, uh, you take the first one, Heather. Yeah. So my first haunted location is the Old Stone House. Ooh. Mm. I wish I had a flute and some drums for you right now. I'm really sorry I dropped the ball. <laughs> it's okay. 
I, I didn't exactly plan ahead for it. <laughs> All right. That's enough of that. <laughs> Originally built in 1765, the Old Stone House is DC's oldest and last standing pre revolutionary building. Oh, it sits- shoot! <laughs> it sits unchanged from its original form in the neighborhood of Georgetown. Over the years, it has been home to various shops, such as a hat store, a tailor, clockmakers, and roofers, among others. It was even a used car dealership for a time. <gasps> I know. Weird. Dang. That's so <laughs> appropriate not. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be an American not to buy this Chevy. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, in 1953... The federal government purchased it from private owners and transferred management to the National Park Service. It was restored to its original glory, and in 1960, the Old Stone House opened to the public. Yeah, Ooh. 1960, the Old Stoned House. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Soldier. <laughs> I wish. Yep. <laughs> well, one interesting fact about this house is that it actually survived demolition to make way for newer developments by way of a local legend. So a man named John Souter owned Souter's Tavern, a place where George Washington and his city layout designer, Pierre Charles L'Enfant, <laughs> would meet to discuss the capital's plans. Souter's son had rented a room at the Old Stone House, and because of this connection, people believed that this was where, quote, George Washington's headquarters were, in fact, a sign with that very phrase hung over the front door for years. So this bit of folklore saved the house from being demolished. Fuck yeah. Dude, I I don't understand like why. I don't know if this is similar in every in other countries. I guess, you know, anybody want to email us or or reach out to us, let us know. But like yeah. America seems particularly bad about preserving our historical buildings <laughs> and sites. Oh, you guys totally. Oh. Well, it's they like, got it wrong. Like George Washington wasn't even fucking... There. He was at the Man, bar down the fucking street. They'll like save a bar if he like took a shit there once or something. <laughs> Everybody knows Sutter's Tavern was a fucking dog shit fucking place. <laughs> but it's, it's like it's, it's like in lieu of you know, they're like, hmm, this this the oldest house or the oldest building in Washington, DC, or a fucking highway. And they'd Anyway, I'm, yeah. I'm 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 getting murdered. Uh oh, going oh, off, yeah. going off the deep end. Yeah. <laughs> well, part of my my trip, my camping trip, was seeing um, Native American petroglyphs here in California. Mm. Oh, cool. I love seeing petroglyphs. I didn't know there were so many, but they are all vandalized and stuff. Like those are not protected and and things like in certain parts of the country and, and yeah, they're hard to get to. Yeah, some some mm-hmm. are becoming more um, because of vandalism, and then also just like I know we went and saw one in Utah. Um, it was actually really beautiful, but a whole section was missing, partly because people were climbing up there people and fucking come, with go it. Go up there and chisel off sections of it. It's yeah, crazy. but it was also this weird like kind of shale kind of stone. So like mm-hmm. just over yeah, time, sandstone and shit. Yeah, like that. it it just mm-hmm. kind of falls off. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's um. Yeah, we're just we're really bad about it, man. Yeah. But if yeah. George Washington had been there, you know it'd be a different story. <laughs> <laughs> American hero. Yeah. <laughs> American hero. American hero. 
<laughs> well, according to local legend, there are at least 11 spirits that haunt the old stone house. Interestingly, though, yeah, it is a lot. But there's no real origin stories of who they are or why they are there. But I'll tell a couple of examples of the ghosts that have been seen or heard there. Because there's just so many. I mean, why not? Okay. <laughs> whores! No, I'm just yeah, it's just mostly whores. <laughs> so EVP has picked up whispering and grunts in the house. <laughs> oh, I bet. And, <laughs> and visitors often say there are many very chilly spots within the house, even on a hot summer day. It seems that this place is like the Haunted Mansion ride with all the strange cast of ghostly characters that have been sighted there. Ooh. (laughs) That's what I pictured when I was reading about this. That's super fun. Like a guy with no pants on and an alligator and then, yeah. (laughs) The hatbox ghost. The hatbox ghost. (laughs) They're dying for a dance with you. God, I love that part. Mm -hmm. So besides the very unnerving observations of phantom children heard running and screaming through the house, there have been sightings of... An 18th century dressed woman near the fireplace. A young woman who likes to run up and down the stairs. A woman who sits in a rocking chair on the third floor. A pair of men in colonial clothing. And there's also a young African-American boy named Joey who has been seen in the third floor hallway. But none of these ghosts are sinister. Not like George. (gasps) He's a mean son of a bitch. George Washington? Like George? George the ghost. No, no, no I just know. George okay. the ghost. Fucking George. That's the second mean George ghost I've heard of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a hateable name, I guess. It really Sorry, is. I mean, Georges. it's even like scary stories. Like, wasn't one of those like a George and he was an asshole too? Probably. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. I know a good George. Hmm. I think I've only known one George. I think I've known one, and he was crotchety as fuck. He was a woodshop teacher. It's like the name you give to a child when you want them to be born like an old, grumpy man. Like like Danny DeVito. Oh, Danny DeVito is delightful. But not sweet. No, no, no. Like the characters Danny DeVito plays. Oh, sure, sure, sure. (laughs) Again, George has no real origin story, but some say he was a murderer in a previous life. He will first make his presence known by the unrelenting feeling of dread that follows visitors around the house when they visit. And wouldn't you know it, George is a woman hater, too. Oh, yeah. Always. If you enter his room on the third floor, ladies, watch out. Because he'll attack you first. You didn't wipe your fucking feet. Yeah. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) And I think that George must be the most talented ghost to have ever existed, because he's done it all. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. People said they they have been pushed by him. Wow. Hit, bitten, oh. choked, Ooh. stabbed, Damn. and even sexually assaulted. Oh, a little, <gasps> little, little, little pinch? Yeah. No, man. I'd really, like, it's anything from a ghost is fucked up, but sexually assaulted from a ghost? No, no, no. Mm-mm. No, no, no. Not going to stand for that. We're getting the exorcist out here right away. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how he's doing it, but I don't think I want to fuck with him. No. Yeah. George. So, yeah. 
Can we can we can we like talk about how America was just a bunch of drunk guys talking like we're just be fucking <laughs> like like about this guy and this fucking be sweet. We have a country, I, right? Right. You, well, I, I saw. I did it. Me. I feel like I feel like you're not listening to me. <clears throat> exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder why George is so mad. I don't yeah. know. He's uh, I, I don't know. You fucking whores on my lawn. <laughs> uh, maybe he's uh, mad that they fucked it up. You know. That's true. Yeah, they're mad a, that it was it's a this car George's headquarters. I'm the George. Yeah. Is everyone not think of me? I am he, special. He's bitter. <laughs> like him and George Washington had like some feud, and like <laughs> George Washington was always like a step head, like ahead of him. Marsha, like, Marsha, Marsha. I'm in Washington. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Got exactly. you again, George. <laughs> well, that was fun. That's it. That's it. Well, for <laughs> mine, I'm first one. I'm going to be talking about Demon Cats of Washington, D.C. No shit. So both Danny both my stories so are going to be funny. from the Capitol building. Oh, okay. Nice. Yep. So the U.S. Capitol building is known as one of the most haunted in D.C., from Civil War apparitions to the ghost of Congressman William Talby, who was shot in the head by a disgruntled journalist on the Capitol steps in 1886. Oh, and they what? say And they say you can still see bloodstains on mm. the... Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Dang. true that is. But, yep. but none of the stories are as widely known as D.C., the demon cat. You see what they did there? I have heard of this motherfucking cat. He's a hero. I think. I think this cat's a hero. <laughs> yeah, he's a cute little kitty hero. Ooh, yeah, mama, cute, mama. cute little monster. <laughs> so the demon cat is often said to reside in the Capitol building, but has been known to appear in other federal buildings as well. DC is sometimes described by those who have seen it as a large tabby cat, while others swear it is a black cat. Oh, cute. That's so cute. Either way, one of the first recorded sightings of D.C. goes back to 1862. The basement of the U.S. Capitol building was used as a bakery during the Civil War to feed soldiers. Hmm. It was there that D.C. was seen several times. According to the report, a guard shot at the cat and it disappeared. (laughs) McGavity. (laughs) McGavity. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. <laughs> An article in the Washington Post from 1898 describes DC's ability to change its size. DC shows up looking like a normal tabby cat, but, quote, quickly expands to the size of an elephant before the eyes of a terrified observer. Okay. okay. Would you lose your marbles if you saw that? A cat the size of an elephant? Just, well, grow from, like, a regular size to the size of an elephant. Yeah, I think I, I would mean, have to check myself into uh, an institution of some sort. Totally. I, I'd have a heart attack because of that cat food bill. My God. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> oh. Man, I'd turn into one of those assholes that just, uh, like, on the lawn with po- drawn posters of cats and, like, you know, scale people and talking about conspiracy theories about the cat that's there, and I'd be like, "Oh, like absolutely crazy." <laughs> Do you know how much fancy fees cost this these days? Oh, you don't God. understand. It's real. <laughs> don't even get me started on the litter box. My oh gosh. my God! Yeah, gonna get him a goddamn pool. Litter in it. 
So another eyewitness report, also published in the Washington Post in 1935, recalled that the demon cat's eyes, quote, glow with all the hue and ferocity of the headlights of a fire engine, unquote. Very specific. Yep. Dang, that's scary. So DC doesn't just run around scaring people. Some say the cat's presence means something far worse. (gasps) According to some legends, when DC appears, it means that some terrible event is imminent. DC was said to have been seen by a guard right before the stock market crash of 1929. Oh, me? Wow. Oh. (laughs) Another guard claimed to have seen DC right before President Kennedy was assassinated in 1963. Did he just go like this? Well, no, he just goes. See, conspiracy theory. Where was DC cat that day? Where was DC cat? That's what I want to know. Was he in the grassy knoll? With a little kitty rifle? Exactly. Oh. Meow. Man. I do I do like that he like I, I well I would hope that he is an anti capitalist. Yeah. Just like That's definitely. the bigger question. <laughs> <laughs> That's the important part. Meow, Not that you're a giant supernatural ghost cat. Don't invest in oil, meow. <laughs> oh, I hope Aww. so. Oh man, he's so he's like the black dog of cats then. Uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. there's there are some similarities, yeah. Okay. There are some similarities, yeah. Um, I guess like the growing in size or the showing, you know, or showing up before, you know, some Bad terrible things event. happen. Mm-hmm. Glowing yeah. eyes, kind of yeah. a kind of a specter premonition of of danger. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's funny. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yep. And if you want to learn more about black dogs, listen to our episode of Black Dogs. Hey, hey, mama. It is a really cute one. I like that one. So the most commonly told version of the legend, according to Steve Levengood, the chief tour guide of the U.S. Capitol Historical Society, says that, quote, a guard was on patrol one night when he saw a black cat approaching. In those days, cats were not an uncommon sight in the building, introduced to control the rodent population. However, as the cat came closer... It grew in size until it was as large as a tiger. The monster cat pounced on the guard, who fell down and tried to protect himself. But the creature vanished in midair. Some have even said that DC has scared some people to death. Uh A little kid. Well, he's a big kitty, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Levin Good feels that he has a theory on the origins of the ghost story. Quote, I could put enough pieces together to know where the legend came from, he says. The night watchmen were not professionals. They would often be some <laughs> senator's ne'er-do-well brother-in-law that had a drinking problem, unquote. Ooh, burn. Le- Leaving Good's yeah. theory is that these early Capitol guards would often get so drunk they'd fall down. When So when one of the building's cats came and licked their face, they assumed it must have been a monster size. <laughs> But when the guard in question reported their ravings to a superior, the boss couldn't really discipline him for the drinking because of his high-powered connections. So the guard would simply have been sent home to recover. And then this is leaving good again. Quote, Then the other guards realize that if they see the cat and get attacked, then they get a day off. And that's how histories get written. Unquote. <laughs> oh my god. That's so silly. That's like America. the pink elephant or the... The little elephant from Looney Tunes. Like, you're late. So, will we ever see DC again? Only time will tell. 
But like any good cat, he sure takes his sweet fucking time to warn us of a terrible future event. Yeah. Aww. For no reason, really. I mean, <laughs> nobody knows what he's talking about because he's a cat. Yeah. What happens? I don't know if anybody saw him before January 6th, but, you know, that would have been a nice heads up. Oh, my God. He was probably part of that. Yeah, he was. Aww. He was with those people. He was wearing a headset, feeding lines, <laughs> giving orders. Oh no, <laughs> DC, don't. Don't. No. Oh, oh yeah, that was crazy. that was DC the demon. Uh, that's adorable. That was yeah, really it's kind of cute. I want a demon cat. Ugh. <laughs> Well, my next one is about the Octagon House. So the Octagon House was built in 1799 and sits in the foggy bottom neighborhood of Washington, D.C., and it also has a rich history. It was built for Colonel John Taylor III, and it was originally intended to be his family's winter home. Taylor had inherited his wealth and was stinking rich. The family's fortune was from the massive plantation his father had built. Yeah. (laughs) Well, an interesting tidbit about this house is that it was a temporary residence to President James Madison and his wife, Dolly, in 1814 to 1815, when during the War of 1812, when the fire took out much of the White House, um, the two lived there as it was being reconstructed. And it was also in the study of the Octagon House that Madison ratified the Treaty of Ghent, ending the war with the British. Yeah, get out of here. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So Taylor was an elite member of society and a friend of George Washington. It is no surprise then that his house was crafted of fine materials and even today would be considered exquisite. Exquisite. Squishy. Exquisite. Luxuries on the... <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that in. I want to say go. that from now on. It's exquisite. Exquisite. It's exquisite. <laughs> These oysters are exquisite. Exquisite. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, oh man. <laughs> so, luxuries on the property included outbuildings containing a smokehouse, stables, laundry house, and ice house, to name a few. Dang. Can I yeah. have a house for everything? Right? Oh, like I do. Fuck, what, what, what houses would I have? I don't even I can't know. even get one. <laughs> my, my stinky shoe house? I don't know. An art house? Oh, need need an a stinky shoe ha- house. An art house, stinky shoe house. Coffee house. Coffee house. Uh-huh. A dance party house. I have my Netflix house, my Hulu house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of houses to clean. A lot of houses. I have my Paramount Plus house, but I don't know if I'd really want to keep it anymore. <laughs> you know, I like barely go on it, you know what I mean? Yes, yes. <laughs> so after Taylor's and his wife's death, both within the walls of the house, Ooh. the Taylor children rented out the property. After that, it temporarily served as a school then was used by the U.S. government during the 1870s. It served as a residence, then was purchased by the American Institute of Architects in 1890. Then, in 1960, it was deemed a national landmark, and it is now a museum. 
Yeah, because there's not that, that's kind of a special um, design for a house. There's not many of them. Yeah. I, I think I only know of one other one, and it's in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. That's the only reason I know. They're cool, though. I like them. I see them on uh, the old historical house Instagrams every now and again. Yeah, yeah. Well, now on to the spooky ghosts. Yay! So I found some really old newspaper articles. So I'm going to read basically from them from here on out. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. So this first excerpt comes from the Washington Times from April 13th, 1902. From a feature titled, Haunted Washington and Their Weird Stories. Yes. (laughs) It was in its glory days in the following of the War of 1812 when lovely Dolly Madison held court there after the burning of the White House. The prettiest legend concerning it is that every midnight the old brilliant scenes of gaiety are reenacted by the ghosts of the old regime. Oh, that's fun. Then the watcher in the building may hear phantom carriages drive to the front of the house, may hear the calls of the coachman, the footman announcing guests, and all the incidents of a stately hall. Great party! (laughs) (laughs) Moose! And then some dude's getting blown upstairs by a guy in a bear costume. (laughs) Oh, God. Yes. (laughs) So the following excerpt is the most famous haunting story from the Octagon House, and this is also from the same Washington Times article. But the very charming and gracious lady who is assistant secretary for the Architects Club, whose headquarters are here, said that she had frequently stayed until 11 o'clock in the Octagon Room, but had never yet heard the sounds alluded to, nor had she ever seen the ghost of the unhappy girl, a Miss Taylor, who, because she had married beneath her, either flung herself or was flung by her brother, from the top of the great spiral staircase to her death on the floor at the foot. She is said to haunt the scene of her terrible death. Aw. That's a lot of flinging, man. Right? (laughs) But there is another version of this very same story that I found in the Bridgeport Times in an article from October 16, 1919. So, according to the stories told by tenants who lived there for brief periods until frightened away, The spectral phenomena seemed to have had a special connection with stairs winding around the circular hall. Thence appeared to come the mysterious voices in dead of night, and there was a particular mention of a cat. It was a very remarkable cat inasmuch as nobody ever saw it, yet it had a way of reposing itself on the stairs so that people tripped over it. Under such circumstances it would squall, but remained visible. Mm. What a dirty little bastard. (laughs) During the earlier half of the 19th century, so the story went, the house was occupied by an elderly gentleman who had a very pretty daughter. He wished her to marry a middle-aged friend of his own, a Mm. man of means. But she refused, declaring her intention to become the wife of a young lawyer with whom she was in love. And your friend's such an old nerd, I don't... Bitter quarrels followed, and on an occasion when the dispute was renewed, with violent language and threats on the father's part, she left the room and started upstairs. He pursued her, continuing the quarrel, and something that she said so angered him that he struck or pushed her, causing her to step on a pet cat which was at her skirts, 
so that she fell down the stairs and broke her neck. Oh my God! Um, what is that movie? Uh, it's the anthology one. I don't know. It was his cat's eyes. Tales from the Dark no. Side. Yeah. Tales from the, the Dark sisters. Side. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And the cat. Basic into the two. The cat came back. You <laughs> <laughs> love that guy. It's a sh- Dude, that guy's fucking great. I love that guy so much. That story's so batshit crazy. It's <laughs> yeah. So, good. <laughs> so aside from these stories, it is said that John and Ann Taylor are still in the house mm. all these years after their death. You can hear them ringing the servant bells throughout the house. But of course, there is no one there to attend to them. Which is super annoying. Yes. (laughs) Can you imagine how frustrating that is if you're wacky-ass, sleepy ghost? Like, why isn't anybody coming? (laughs) Why? Where's my chamomile tea? Where's my chamomile? It's been four years. (laughs) I don't think I really even want it anymore. It's just sensible by now. (laughs) What happened to the service? (laughs) Two stars on Yelp. (laughs) So it's also said that Dolly Madison hounds. It is (laughs) pounce is hounds. Exquisite hounce. That house is (laughs) haunted. I need to say that on a ghost tour. <laughs> Exclusive house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we entertain ourselves, folks. Oh, man. Yep. Oh, okay. my God. The show's as much for us as it is for you. Yeah. We got we to gotta wear fake teeth and, like, magnified, like, <laughs> eyeglasses. And like way Darling. too many furs. Squish. Darling, it's simply squishing. Fox and Mink, my goodness. <laughs> Ooh, all right. So it is also said that Dolly Madison haunts the Octagon House, along with several other locations around Washington, D.C. Damn, gets so, around. Yeah, she does. So I, I'm sure that is only said because she has a small connection to the house. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, that's probably the extent of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Geometric. <laughs> <laughs> so the house today seems to have all the hallmarks of hauntings. Cold spots, flickering lights, doors opening by themselves, sounds of screaming at night, and strange feelings around that spiral staircase. Hmm. And the smell of farts, you know that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. you sulfur, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Octagon House is definitely of important historical significance, but it too has its fair share of folklore that may have been fabricated to drum up the romance. But it does sound like a cool place to visit. Yeah, I'd love to check it out. Yeah, yeah. it really does. just sounds like a sweet house. Yeah, totally. Man, it'd be so sick to stay in a bed and, be- bed and breakfast in Washington, D.C., Yes. Yeah. That would be cool. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess um Lafayette uh Square, there's a lot of really cool like old hotels and houses. Uh I imagine some mm. some might you might be able to stay in. And that's what got a pre- that's got a pretty storied history. What if you stay in a place, you find out the way someone died in a room and then you reenact it? <laughs> Do you think that you're more likely to get haunted? Because you are fucking with their shit. Like they're they're like bringing back memories and they're like, 
wait a second, that's me. <laughs> you know? It sounds like a fictional storyline, I feel like. Yeah. I think in real life, like, the more desperate you are to, to like, encounter a ghost, the less likely you are, it seems yeah. to be you, the case. You want it's it to be bad. true. Yeah. 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 It's true. I don't want it at all, and I've heard and seen things I wish I hadn't. Yeah. I know. And ghost bros try to fight them, you know? Go fight me, ghost. Oh, God. <laughs> that shit. What, what's a ghost bro? Um, do you know that ghost show? It's like um, oh uh, yes, yes, yeah. I I'm so glad about. that's that's not so popular anymore because that it's was just like, horrible. Come out here, and face me, ghost. <gasps> Zach Baggins. Zach Baggins, that yeah, dude. That you guy's, hear like a book yeah, drop, fun. and he's all like, ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fun. So my last story is the ghost of John Quincy Adams. The ghost Ooh. of John Quincy Adams. So we all know John Quincy Adams as the sixth president of the U.S., serving from 1825 to 1829. We all certainly knew he was the sixth president. Yep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) He was the eldest son of John Adams, who served as our second president from from 1797 to 1801. And oddly enough, both him and his father were the first two presidents to not win re-election. Oh, dang. Dang. So after his defeat to Andrew Butthole Jackson, Adams decided (laughs) to retire to his farmhouse in Massachusetts, but was elected to the House of Representatives in 1831. Adams was known as one of the best diplomats and secretaries of state in history. Hmm. He uh, also opposed the annexation of Texas, the Mexican-American War, and after fighting it for eight years, was able to repeal the gag rule a rule Southern congressman passed in 1836 where any petitions against slavery were automatically tabled and not discussed. So, you know, oh. not the not the worst of the uh, no, old white guys. No, there was actually a thing like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. damn. Yeah. That was when it, things were really ramping up before the Civil War. Did y'all you hear know. about that thing in Texas where they're trying to take out the word slavery from like textbooks and stuff and uh, just call it like indentured servitude or something? Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. H- however you want to say that, I guess. I okay. know. Well, I'm not touching that. Yeah. Right. Happy chain field fun time. That's what they're going to just like. What the fuck? Right. Jesus. Uh, Perpetual overtime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forever overtime. <laughs> That's and, and you don't get paid. <laughs> uh, Dang. So by 1848, Adams was 80 years old. Two wow. years prior, he had suffered a stroke that left him partially paralyzed. But after a few months, he recovered and, re- and returned to his duties. Wow. But on February 21st, 1848, the House was discussing whether to honor Army officers who fought in the Mexican-American War. Adams had always strongly been opposed to that war. As men rose to say, I, Adams loudly yelled, No! As he rose to answer a question put to him on the matter, he collapsed then and there from a massive cerebral hem- hemorrhage. Jesus. So that must have oh been. Oh, my God. So he must have fucking just screamed no or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Out of the side of his mouth. That yeah. That probably took a lot of effort. 
Don't like that. So he was carried to the speaker's room in the Capitol and died two days later. Oddly enough, one of those present for his death was a young Lincoln. Oh. As some night watchmen say, they can hear a shout of no late at night coming from the chamber of the House of Representatives. Dang. Uh, Uh, I wouldn't want to hear that. Some also hear footsteps following them around when they pass the chamber. Wow. So these stories have been present since the late 19th century. And here's a passage from an article published by the Philadelphia Press in 1898. Quote, man, I love how they used to write back then. It's just like, yes, just, just it has a nice feel to it. So flowery. One of the most curious and alarming of the audible phenomena observable in the Capitol, so all the watchmen say, is a ghostly footstep that seems to follow anybody who crosses Statuary Hall at night. It was in this hall, then the chamber of the House of Representatives, that John Quincy Adams died, at a spot indicated now by a brass, by a brass Bra- tablet, brass, <laughs> brass tablet, a brass tablet set in, <laughs> set in a stone slab, <laughs> where his desk stood. Whether or not it is his ghost that pursues is a question open to dispute, though it is to be hoped that the venerable ex-president rests more quietly in his grave. At all events, the performance is an unpleasant and even gruesome for him who walks across that historic floor, while the white marble statues of dead statesmen placed around the walls seem to point at him with outstretched arms derisively. Like the man in Coolridge's famous lines, he, quote, walks in fear and dread because he knows a frightful fiend doth close behind him tread. Ooh. Ooh. Noise. Noise. Yeah, dude, they fucking knew how to... (laughs) Right shit back then. <laughs> that was probably basic back then. Yeah. Too. That probably wouldn't, wouldn't even shit. That's probably E.L. Yeah. James level writing right there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No. So, yeah, there's a couple couple stories from haunted Washington, D.C. Yeah. It's fun. I'm, I'm inspired to go there now for a haunted trip. Man, Heather had the greatest honeymoon. You went to Boston. You went to, where did you go for? You went to Boston, right? Boston, Salem, Boston. and Cape Cod. Man, oh. I still haven't made it really out to the East Coast. It's such a spooky place. Or like the, the up there, yeah. It looks yeah. so beautiful. Boston's cool as shit. So Salem. Boston. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, Sal- just, Salem's definitely on my list. I'd have to wear my mask in Boston because people can't just, I don't want people to see me laughing all the time at all the <laughs> the wonderful accents. Just, just, what are you it's, talking it's about? Like, Dude, it's like I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. But oh my god, it's so funny. <laughs> Certain words are so funny in a Boston accent. <laughs> yeah, no, it'd be um. Yeah, I would love to go see just like the the history, like all the buildings and yeah. sites and stuff. Go see the Boston yeah. Massacre site. Yeah, yeah, it it's <laughs> super awesome. There's like old gravestones. All around too, like I bet fenced in, like in between buildings. Did y'all? Oh, really? Whoa! That's really, really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you Did you take a ghost tour or anything? No. Yeah. (laughs) No. uh, No, we just kind of walked around, and we. I think we spent most of our time in Cape Cod, honestly. So. Cape Cod. Cape Cod. Funny. I guess we should do socials then. Yeah. You can follow us on Facebook. No, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's hard. 
I know hard. it's hard to keep it up, man. It's a hard one. Yeah. I, you, you just default to JFK. Oh, I know. I, you know, I just did a narration too where one of the main characters is Northern. So like I had to do a Northern accent for a really long time. Like, like Midwestern Northern? Or? Yeah, Midwestern Northern. Uh, okay, okay. And then an, another character was like, like northern new york almost new england so like switching back and forth between that it was it was challenging damn that yeah that sounds that's challenging <laughs> i don't know if i did a great job but <laughs> i'm sure you well, did but i mean at least you, you know have it. some experience with like midwest you know yeah, like for northern sure. accent you know yeah i think we all we all had it at one point is yes. it similar to movies where you have to just pretty much read one character's stuff and then go back and read. Oh, you just got to do I it. I switch. Back. I mean, you can do it however you want, but for mm-hmm. to save time for me editing, I just mm-hmm. do it straight through and nice. switch back and forth. You get you get in a rhythm where you can do it. It's a I mean, once you once it clicks, it'll work wow. for you. But wow. yeah, cool. that's how I do it. Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt the socials. No, no, actually, that was really interesting. I, um, yeah, that's because that's got to be really tough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you can follow us on Facebook at Under the Pendulum Podcast, on Instagram at Under Pendulum Podcast, on Twitter at Pendulum underscore pod, on TikTok at Under the Pendulum. And you can find all our episodes on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the iHeartRadio app, or almost anywhere else you get your pods. You can find me, Heather, on Facebook, Heather Thomas, Instagram, h.n.thomas, Twitter at Heather W. Thomas, and you can hear my narrations on Thomas. Creepy Tales to Terrify, The Wicked Library, and Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Nice. Dang, that is a mouth- mouthful. Good for you, Heather. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram under Frothy Star Dog. Nice, and you can find me on Instagram uh, searching for Christopher Weber 13V and Facebook by looking searching for Christopher Weber. Well, uh, thank you for... yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, please come say hi. We're so lonely and cold. We are We're so lonely, much like these ghosts. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, oh, we got our fiftieth episode coming That's... up. Ooh. What? We're gonna have to plan for that one a little bit. Yep. Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike this episode. <laughs> <Just kidding>. yeah. <laughs> no, um... no. We'll actually we'll have something big planned. So, um. Yeah. Oh my God. 50 episodes. Whoa. It's insane. Yep. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, We'll be back with number 50, and we'll see you next time. I'm 50. 50 years old. I'm 50.